Hey guys, you are listening to the Rima Chapel Podcast, which brings the message of Jesus Christ to the lost all across the globe. Today's speaker is our own pastor, Reverend Samuel Donkopote, pastor of Rima Chapel, Belfort, Germany. Hope you enjoy the message. Today, I'll be speaking unto you about pushing into our next level. Hallelujah. Because uh, there are a couple of things I like to draw your attention to, to many, many things. According to Exodus chapter 12, the verse number 11, that was the first Passover in the land of Israel. And this Passover was unique in a certain sense. Because before this Passover, there was the plague. There was the spirit of death. There was this unstoppable agent, this unseen enemy, that nobody really had a weapon for. But the only weapon that could withstand and defeat this enemy was the people who obeyed the instruction the Lord gave them. That they were to take the Passover lamb and they were to observe that Passover. And so the difference between uh, the day before the Passover and the day after the Passover was clear. Because before the Passover, there was one particular kind of superpower reigning on the planet. After that Passover, that superpower was no more. It has been overthrown. Before the Passover, there were a multitude of people who were slaves. After that Passover, the slaves have been set free and set free forever. And so I want you to understand that the day after the Passover, they moved into their new. Well, then I want to also point to you that uh, the world has gone through a second significant Passover after this particular Passover. That Passover is recorded in the book of Mark chapter 14, verse 16. The Passover where Jesus asked his disciples to prepare. Mind you, in the three and a half years of his ministry, he has been preparing for Passovers and taking part in Passovers. But this particular Passover, which I particularly believe was his fourth and final Passover, because you see, Passover happens somewhere around March, April. And uh, if Jesus uh, died after the Passover, and that was after three and a half years of ministry, then Jesus was born somewhere around September, October, thereabouts. So that that would mean that he had had three Passovers already before this particular one. And this one was the final one. And according to the Bible, this Passover was unique from all else because in this particular Passover, the reality of the animals that were sacrificed during the Passover was there. So the animals that Israel killed at the time that Jesus Christ offered himself, they didn't need to be killed because the real sacrifice was Jesus himself. And when Jesus died, what was the plague that he took us out of? It was the plague of sin. The one thing that has brought the whole world into bondage was sin. 
Jesus became the sin offering. And so because of that sacrifice, you can talk of the day before the sacrifice and call it the Old Testament. And then you can call the day after that sacrifice the beginning of the New Testament. We want to thank God that that particular sacrifice marked a new beginning for mankind. Well, when you think about that first one, you are thinking about Moses. Because it is through Moses that God gave us that sacrifice. When you think about the Passover of Jesus, you are thinking about Mary. Because it is through Mary that God gave us that sacrifice. Mind you, the God that has been through the sacrifice is always the God. In all Passovers, we look to one person and one person alone. That is God. Now, in this particular Passover 2020, we are also witnessing also a unique event in history. Because this is the first, first Passover that was celebrated just like the first Passover. You know, this is the Passover where people were in quarantine. And the first Passover, people were in quarantine. You had to be in your house. You had to close your doors. And you had to celebrate that Passover in your home. All other Passovers have been things that people have, you know, they have connected it with uh, the place of worship, etc., etc. But in 2020, even in the land of Israel, the natural seed of Abraham, they couldn't celebrate Passover the way they normally used to do. This time, people were confined to their homes. Why? Because there was a plague. Just like in the other one, the first one, there was a plague. This one, too, there's a plague. So we are living in very, very special times. I'm saying all this to let you know that we are on a journey. We are moving onwards, and we are taking what belongs to us in the name of Jesus. Thank God that in this particular sacrifice, or in this particular Passover, we didn't have to sacrifice anything. But you see, the, the uh, what do you call it, the, the channels for uh, the, the blessings of God to come through, they still remain the same. People don't want to accept the fact, but always, always, if God does not find a man, certain things he wants to do delays. So for us here in Deutschland, the channel for us, of course, is Angela Merkel. She is the, the, the one in authority who has guided and steered, you know, our lives during this place, just like Moses did. If you look at uh, America, you'll be talking about Donald Trump. If you are looking about at Israel, you'll be talking about Benjamin Netanyahu. Although the person, you know, somehow, the enemy wanted to remove him on three occasions. But still, God said, this is the man who must steer the people through the plague. So he has remained in place. Ladies and gentlemen, let me just put to you one thing. That nobody wins an election to come into power without divine approval. And sometimes even when an evil man is in power, 
God allows it because good men refuse to pray. But we thank God that in the situation that we find ourselves in, most of you have prayed. You remember that we were having uh, uh, the Passion, uh, what do you call it? What was it? Was it the Passion, uh, the Passion Week? And in the Passion Week, what did we do? We, we, we were praying. We were praying morning, we were praying evening. And even when we had a service, like we are having service now, still it didn't stop us from praying in the morning and the evening. And our God has been good. So one thing I want to make clear to you is that 2020 is a unique year. Before I begin to share certain things, I'd like to uh, point out some of these natural uh, signs, I will call it, which point to the fact that post-corona uh, is going to be different from pre-corona. Amen. That 2020 is the year of a transition, Amen. a year of passing through from one level to another. A year of moving on from one generation where things have been happening in a particular way to another generation where things are going to happen in a completely new way. And I am happy to announce to you that, ladies and gentlemen, I am very excited in my spirit. I am excited because our time to shine has come. So let me encourage you, my dear friends. Sometimes, you know, we have to go through some things in order for us to get to a certain place yes. in life. I want to read to you, and, and this is not my main scripture, but I'm trying to, to, to explain certain things to you. I want to read to you a scripture from the book of uh, uh, Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 30, the verse number 15. I think that this is a good place for me to ask uh, somebody to, to make a, a contribution. I mean, at least one of you should go live. Uh, so if you can locate uh, Isaiah 30 verse 15, um, just go ahead and, uh, and just read it. Isaiah 30, the verse number 15. Amen. Amen. You know, this statement was made to some people who, who, who didn't want to come to a place of repentance and uh, a place of oneness with their creator. But God made certain statements. And those statements I just want you to notice so that you recognize the season we are in. Because God is making a clear statement when he said, uh, in returning and rest, Shall you be saved? You know, if you are one of us who have been joining in some of these uh, spiritual pushbacks we have been doing, you know that one of the key things we have been doing is repentance. We have been repenting until we are even repenting for our family members and for, for, for our church members and for our nation, etc., etc. 
so that we are not just repenting on our own behalf, but our repentance is on the behalf of others. We have stood in the gap. That means returning to the Lord. Anytime there's repentance, people come back to God and the gap between them and God closes. And so we want to thank God that in returning, you shall be saved. Trust me, everything that devil is planning is completely null and void. Why? Amen. Because by repentance, we have blocked him from further action. In the name of Jesus. And then it went on to say that in quietness and in confidence shall be your strength. I mean, just imagine it, that some of us have become so busy, you know, that seven o'clock, uh, we are going to work, or even sometimes uh, the four o'clock, we are getting up, you have to get my time, I have to get my train, I must be on work at that. Then we run, then we are like rat race. So because of that, we haven't been having much time. Now, because of this lockdown, there has been quietness. A time when God can actually speak to us about our spiritual state and talk to us about things we should be doing which we have neglected. Listen, God did not uh, 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 push this virus on us. But trust me, God allowed it because he can use it to do something good. Amen. Today I believe that most of us are in a better spiritual state than we were before Corona came along. Mm -hmm. Some of us, we are on the way to revival. Amen. Some of us, actually, we are beginning to feel the heat. When we got born again and uh, how we used to feel before God, some of us are beginning to feel it again. Amen. It's not cheap. It's not easy. It is the touch of grace upon our lives once again. Amen. So, so thank God for Corona. It has not been completely bad. Yes. People have lost their lives. Yes, some of us, we have lost certain levels of freedom we're supposed to be having. Yes, some of us, our world and certain things we have depended upon, they are no more there to be depended upon. But trust me, the old goes so that the better will come. Amen. God has got better things for us. So on that note, I want us to turn to our main scripture for today. And our main scripture is in the book of Acts. Chapter 3, the verse number 18 to 21. I will be happy, of course, as usual, to have people who are also uh, ministering with me. So if you are there, you can just go ahead and read. Acts 18, Acts 3, 18. Acts chapter 3, verse 18. But in this Amen. Thank you. Ah, uh, 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 before was preached unto you, please read the 21. That is the final one.
Amen. Amen. Let me tell you, my dear friends, that uh, recently, around uh, this Easter time, there was uh, a Category 5 hurricane. And uh, this hurricane, when it blew, it touched two very interesting places. One of the places it touched was an island called Pentecost. And then it also touched another bigger island called Holy Spirit. <laughs> uh, fine, you may not find it in the English the way we call it in the English. Ah, okay. uh, but uh, Pentecost Island was uh, discovered by somebody who was French. So it is Pentecostal, but it means the same. Yeah. And he discovered it on an, uh, on a, a wheat Sunday, meaning it was a Pentecost Sunday. So he just used the word Pentecost to describe that island. And then uh, the other island that is called uh, uh, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit uh, actually it is Espirito Santo. Mm -hmm. But Espirito Santo in, in, in uh, what do you call it? Uh, Spanish. In Spanish, it's also for us in English, the Holy Spirit. So it's just a, a, a change of what you call it, uh, language, but it means the same thing. Now, for, this, uh, for, for a Category 5 earthquake, uh, sorry, hurricane, to touch these islands together on a special day like that is supposed to be a sign to us. So that, my dear friends, if God is speaking through nature, and then he's speaking through his word. Let us get one thing clear. I am confident that uh, those of us who are on this 50 days prophetic push, we are in the right line. Because guess what we are ending? We started on uh, the 12th, which is the Easter, uh, which is the Whit Sunday, you may call it, which is the Easter um, Sunday. Sunday. And when are we ending? We are ending on Pentecost, uh, sorry, uh, yeah, uh, we start on Passover Sunday and we are ending on Pentecost and Pentecost is the 31st of May. And so, and so unbeknownst to us, the Spirit of God is leading us in the right direction. Where are we going? We are going to restoration Amen. in the name of Jesus. And so, number one, let me be clear through the scripture that we have selected. The scripture tells us that to be able to access the restoration, we need to repent. Mm -hmm. Repentance is necessary. Why? Because the one through whom, repent, through whom repentance is preached, Jesus Christ, he fulfilled everything that was prophesied about him. Jesus was a prophetic person because he was born through a prophetic series of events. Isaiah saw him several years or several centuries before, prophesied about him. Then, when he was actually ready to be born, this is what the Holy Spirit did to fulfill Isaiah's prophecy. He went to a woman who has been engaged to be married. The marriage has not been consummated meaning that husband and wife have not been brought together under one roof. But the Holy Spirit did what Isaiah prophesied. He sent an angel to her and made her know that she's going to be pregnant and that she wouldn't need to have a man in order to carry that pregnancy. 
that God who created her is going to put that seed inside her. And actually, that seed is going to be the very, very word of God made flesh. So this woman became pregnant without knowing a man. Why she was still a virgin in terms of uh, medical science? Nobody has ever known her as a woman. She was pregnant. It never happens in history. Not even to Eve. So the fact that this woman fulfilled that scripture, what he was supposed to go through, the sufferings, and then even to be uh, put to death by the very people to whom he was sent as a savior, that also was fulfilled. So now, through the Holy Spirit, Peter is saying, understand that Jesus Christ has fulfilled everything that the word of God has prescribed for him. And then to add joy to people who have also already been set free, Jesus Christ also now rose up from the dead, not to be seen by a few people, but to be seen by many, many people. Even at one time, the people who saw Jesus alive were more than 500 people. I don't know how many people are on the line today listening and watching as we go on this streaming. But one thing I can tell you is over 500 people is a lot of people. To see a man that was dead to be up and moving. I don't know how many people actually stood at Golgotha when he was hanging on the cross at the moment that he died. I don't know how many people. But they probably maybe were less than 500 people who saw him when he gave up the ghost at that moment. There could have been more people who saw him, but not many who waited for him to actually die. But I want you to understand that God made sure that over 500 people saw him alive. And guess what? When he was going to heaven, he didn't go in a dream, in a trance, in a vision. The man was physically lifted up from the earth and he ascended into heaven. So my dear friends, Jesus has fulfilled everything. Because of that, the requirement for us to uh, repent and live in repentance is to you. If you are somebody who is hearing me on Facebook or you are hearing me on WhatsApp or you are hearing me on uh, YouTube and you are not born again, this is your opportunity. God's train of salvation is at your door right now and you need to jump in. How do you receive Jesus? How do you repent? How do you come into Christ? You simply acknowledge that you are a sinner. Because trust me, God's standard is what it is. Nobody can come to him with sin and survive. Every sinner must go through the door of repentance. You've got to acknowledge that sin is bad and it needs to be punished. And you've got to accept the fact that Jesus took that punishment for you so that you don't have to be punished as a sinner. The wages of sin is death. When God says it's death, it doesn't mean you die naturally. It simply means that you are cut off from God forever. And no human being can afford to be cut off from God forever. Because when you are cut off from God, you are lost. The soul that is cut off from God is the soul that left his home and never came back. 
I put it another way. Human beings became living souls because God took of himself and breathed into us. So essentially, we came from God. And the only way we will find peace and rest is if we return back to God. So if you are out there and somebody has told you that there is no God, they are telling you lies. Mm. If you are out there and you are an agnostic, you are saying that, well, even if there is a God, he doesn't care about me and I don't also want to care about him. You are being lied to. God cares about you because while you were still a sinner, Jesus died for you. So this is the time for you to turn your back on your sinful ways and turn over a new leaf. Trust me, great men, famous men have decided to give their life to Jesus and they realize that what fame couldn't give them, Jesus gave to them. Amen. What greatness didn't give to them, Jesus gave to them. If you come to Jesus, he will turn your life around. I want to ask you, if you want to give your life to Jesus, I want to ask you to simply bow down your head and say, Lord Jesus, I acknowledge today that you died for me. I am willing to accept you into my life as the one who is my Lord and my Savior. I will not serve sin anymore. I will serve you. And then you say, come into my heart and make me a child of God. That is all you need. It is not a complicated thing. It's not a formula. It is a heart desire to be connected with your maker, with your father that loves you more than anybody else. And that is the end of the matter. You will be born again. Amen. And once you are born again, you can uh, continue on this amazing journey we are on. Because believe me, we are moving to a better place. Let me go on. And I'm speaking prophetically. Let me go on. The Bible says, well, when we are converted, God will blot out our sins, meaning that we become righteous. You will feel that you are connected to God. The burden will lift, the yoke will break, and you will know that God is at work in your life. You would have peace with God. Many, many, many people have been in difficult situations, and the peace of God has come to them because they took decisions. I, rep I recommend to you to take that decision today and your life will change. Mm -hmm. Then the Bible said, so that the times of refreshing, please take notice times of refreshing. Times means not just one time. This is also one major time of refreshing. There used to be a time when people behaved as believers on, like on the day of Pentecost. They went about everywhere. They were moving in power. They were doing things to the glory of God. Actually, they speak, spoke in tongues in those days. Roughly getting to roughly like around uh, 600 AD, the last group of people who spoke in tongues, they just, you know, that was the end of speaking in tongues. So from around 600 AD onwards, the speaking in tongues in the church ceased, meaning that the Holy Spirit didn't have control over the tongues of men to begin to speak into their future, to bring them to the place where they ought to be. So guess what happened? That time is what they call the dark ages. Because every time that the light bearer shuts the light, what will you have? Darkness. So not just the church, but civilization went through the dark ages. It is around those kinds of times 
that we had certain other religions rising up claiming that they have got a revelation that is better than our own and they made themselves people who should judge us and the Christian can, can, can be killed as a way of making way for them to enter into paradise. God punished the devil. But these kinds of things happen because the church let go of what was supposed to be our strength. Well, thank God that the evidence of speaking in tongues, God began to visit the church again. Somewhere around the 15th, uh, 16th century, Martin Luther came along and restored faith back to church, back to the church. And on the basis of faith coming back to the church, people were then capable because you can only receive the spirit by faith. People were able, after working in faith for some time, to receive the Holy Spirit. And uh, we talk of Azusa Street. We talk of, uh, uh, what do you call it, uh, the Welsh revival in Wales. All these revivals was the revival of the Holy Spirit coming back to the church. When the Spirit of God came, that was a time of refreshing. So really, if you look at the times of refreshing, you can call Luther's time the times of refreshing. You can also call the visitation of the Holy Spirit times of refreshing. And then you have what they call the healing revivals that took place around the 19, uh, what do you call it? Uh, the 1920s right through to the 1950s and 60s, where a lot of healing ministries were there. That was also a time of refreshing. Then came the time of uh, what you call the word of faith, that believers are now learning what they have as their right in Christ. Those times have blended into the time where the word of faith and the word of uh, 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 healing are moving together. In the 90s, these are all times of refreshing. But in the 2020s, we are entering into another time of refreshing. This is the time when church is going out of the four walls. And you and I can know that God launched this time for us by taking us out of the four walls into what I call the E-Church. God put us on the, on, the, on, the, on, the, what do you call, on the global scale. Listen, this service can be listened by somebody who is very far away from where we are today. Meaning that we have no idea whether somebody from Papua New Guinea or somebody from Tonga or somebody from Vanuatu is listening to this message. But wherever they are, the Spirit of God is at work. It's a whole new thing the Lord is up to. And so here my message to you is, the time that you just get up and you go to church and you sit in the pulpit for somebody to, sorry, in the pew for somebody to be preaching to you, those times are getting over. Now the time for you as a believer to be part of that army which is taking church outside the walls of buildings is now. And I'm believing God that by the time we keep on pushing and we hit Pentecost, you know what is happening? Or you know what will happen? Exactly what I told you about what happened in the natural. Where the hurricane was moving, category five hurricane, meeting 
or touching the island of Pentecost and the island of the Holy Spirit. There's going to be a move and it's going to be, carry the power of a hurricane. But it will not be a destructive move. It will be a move where those of us who are pushing, when we hit Pentecost, and this particular Pentecost is also going to be another unique Pentecost, just like the Pentecost uh, which uh, was experienced after they left Egypt was unique. The same way as the Pentecost as they experienced after Jesus ascended to heaven was unique, this one also is going to be unique. Get ready for a mighty visitation Amen. of the Lord. Get ready for a mighty outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Get ready to begin to flow in signs and wonders. Amen. Get ready to begin to come into certain things that you have only imagined by the hearing of the ear. Listen, there's going to be a mighty, mighty, mighty harvest. Amen. People are going to come to Christ in a way that we have not imagined before. You know, the devil meant this season to be for evil. But do you know what? God has always been master at beating the devil at his own game. When the devil said, God has promised to take you out of Egypt, but it is a lie. There's no way you are going to go out of Egypt. What did God do? God dealt with their, the things that gave them their confidence. Every plague represented a God in Egypt. God took them down one after the other until they came to the God of the first one who's supposed to sit on the throne. God took them all down. By the time he finished with that, revival has broken out. Guess what happened? They didn't just get out of Egypt field. They got out of uh, uh, Egypt economically empowered. We are talking of an economic crash. But trust me, if you will believe God, by the time you hit Pentecost, you are going to come out the rest of the year economically empowered. Amen. And I'm talking to somebody who knows that he that is faithful in little is also faithful in much. Some of us are going to pass through this particular Pentecost to realize that God is going to open doors for us. Amen. New inventions are going to come out. Amen. New ideas are going to come out. Amen. New businesses are going to come out. Certain things that you have only imagined them in dreams, they are going to become realities. Amen. And what is important is that anything that God is ushering us into will bring in the harvest. Amen. Will cause his goodness to be felt. Amen. Will cause men and women to know that the God that we serve is the living God. Amen. I want to challenge you, my dear friends. The Bible says the times of refreshing shall come. And this time we are in is a time of refreshing. And because it is a time of refreshing, my dear friends, get this, get this. Because it is a time of refreshing, you want to prepare yourself. You want to position yourself. Because, you see, I do not know whether there are other times of refreshing going to come after this. Or whether this time of refreshing will just blend into the coming of the Lord. Because you see, the times of refreshing must come first. And then after the times of refreshing, or in the course of the times of refreshing, where God is restoring everything, God will send Jesus Christ again. 
Are you listening to me? Yes, sir. The world is going to miss the church when we leave. Today, they may look down upon us. Today, people may dismiss the church that it is something that is the opium of the masses, like the 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 uh, uh, the communist belief, and they say that religion is an opium of the masses. What we have is not religion. What we have is the living Christ with us. So we are not religion in that sense. But when they bundle us, they bundle us with all of them. But I'll tell you one thing. They are going to miss us. Because one of these days, the people who call us as part of the so-called religion, they are going to find that a certain group of people, they will be the only people that will be missing throughout the whole world. And when we are gone, then they will know that our presence was something that God used to keep back the forces of evil at bay. Mm -hmm. And so I want to encourage you, my dear friends, these are exciting times. These are great times. Don't allow your flesh to deceive you. So that when you must pray, you are like, I prayed yesterday. <laughs> yesterday's prayer was good for yesterday, just like yesterday's food was good for yesterday. But you don't say, because I ate yesterday, I won't eat today. So the same way, you must understand that when you exercise, you build a certain level of your muscles. But today, you must still exercise in order to put on a little bit more tone. Even when you have your six-pack, you still have to keep on exercising to maintain the six-pack. So I am challenging you, don't allow your body to deceive you so that you get back into the old way of doing things because otherwise you'll be a spectator whilst the rest of us will be, will be in the show. But God has not called you to be a spectator. God has called you to become a responsible member of the body of Christ. Those who believe, the Bible says, they will lay hands on the sick, meaning that we have become responsible believers in the sense that when we meet the sick, we can do something about it. Amen. When we meet people who are demon-possessed, we can do something about Amen. it. When we meet people who are walking in darkness, we can bring the light of God their way. Son of God, daughter of God, today is your season. Today is your time. I am challenging you to arise and run. For those of you who are still with us, and, 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 and uh, uh, for those of you who are with us, and uh, uh, for those of you who are with us, and uh, you are also part of our push, I want to encourage you. I guess it's going to be tougher because the higher you go, the colder it becomes. It's going to be tougher, but the end result is going to be great. Amen. So please don't give up. So long as there is life and there is breath in you, I want to encourage you, keep on pushing. Keep on pushing. Because there is light at the end of the tunnel. Amen. What is ahead of us is greater than what we have gone through. Amen. Christianity as we have known it is going to be redefined again Amen. by the post-corona times. Amen. And I pray that you will be one of those people who will bring the book of Acts alive again in Amen. our time and our day. In the name of Jesus. Amen.
Uh, shall we please uh, bow down our heads and uh, we want to... Thank you for taking our time to tune in. For more information on our services, visit our website www.wimachapu.org. You can also join us for our weekly conference calls on Thursdays. More details on our website. Also make sure to check our Facebook, Instagram and YouTube platforms.